All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. So that was the choice of Kanoku with uh, Three Little Birds by Bob Marley saying, hey, Mish, this might answer your question. And the question we asked was, do birds ever fly for fun? So we've had a bunch of questions answered on that one. Angela M says, I guess so, because us humans, even we walk and run for fun. Um, Moketi Kido says, I know some birds that fly high and do some amazing tricks. So, yeah, I do believe they do it, but uh, maybe they do it to get food or for a safe space. Sandile tweeted to say, perhaps birds fly to bless us with a marcy whilst at it. Light and joyful in the free air. And uh, then Nosipo said, hi, Michelle, I usually feed birds at home. One day as I walked down the road, they made a guard of honor for me and it was such an amazing experience. Nosipo, that sounds like a truly amazing experience. Lots of answers to that question and, of course, lots of questions for Nico our petrol head. Nico, on the line, on the couch, and with a cup of coffee. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? Oh, I'm always better when I'm talking to you. How are you? <laughs> oh, that's very good. I'm very good as well, thank you. You would think I got paid to say that, eh? I think so, too. I think so. <laughs> no, but I appreciate it. That's always nice to start a Saturday morning like this. So how are you? Have you had that cup of coffee? What do yes, you want to I've talk po- to us about? I polished it a little bit earlier ago already because I get up nice and early. So, you know, I can't wait till the show starts. So the, the coffee's already gone. Yeah. But, but but you have a few questions. So do you want to jump into the questions? First? Yeah, guys, they're sending in lots of questions and I want to say thanks so much. So, okay. so someone says, Stephen says, please ask the petrol head. My interest in the Honda Fit was piqued by his excellent review. I especially like the magic seats and the luggage capacity. My problem is that it is 100% important. Can you recommend a locally manufactured equivalent? Um, <laughs> so uh, now I'm thinking what, you know what, um, is the problem with the price or is the problem with the fact that it's an import? Um, because, because it's funny, um, you know, a friend of mine, um, his father, Angus, um, just sent me uh, or send him some pictures about them in their Honda chairs and just how much space and how much they love that little car. So the difficult thing is that um, there's lots of cars in that class, but there's not a lot of manufacturing happening in South Africa where um, all the cars that we have are, are, are imported. So you're going to battle, and I'm really trying to think, um, the, the cars in that class that are locally built is the, the Polo mm-hmm. um, uh, and the Vivo. I'm trying to think what else is yeah. locally built. There is not, you, you know, you're not really, un- unfortunately, going to be spoiled for choice when it comes to locally built. Most of the cars are imported. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say, you know, you, you don't necessarily have to buy a new car. If you like the, the, the fit, um, I would say look at the entry-level car because they normally, or this the next up, are, are, are good value for money propositions and probably the best choice. Um, and then you can look for a, um, a car that's one or two years old um, or even a demo model of the previous shape. So in other words, if you don't want to buy the fit, look for a Jazz that's a 2020 model if you like the car or even a 2019 because they're still great cars. So if you like that car, um, then look for that car because, you know, you're not going to be disappointed. Okay, we've got a voice note for you. Let's crack right into it and go for it. Hello, Michelle. I've got a question here for about the car. I'd like to know, as we all know, that the pandemic has been so bad and we are so financially strained. So I'd like to know if, can I take, my car is due for service, but can I take it just for the liquid change for at my dealer to ch- for them to change oil, 
brake fluids and the others because at the moment i don't have enough money for the whole service thank you bye-bye fair question but i suppose that linked to that question is whether it's got a what do you call it um, yeah, the thing is that what well, sounds like the car probably doesn't have a service or maintenance plan. And you know what, Michelle, it's, such a, it's not actually, unfortunately, easy to answer. Because I think a lot of South Africans are in that position. You know, it, it's just car services can actually be quite expensive. Um, so, uh, and, and, and it depends on how old the car is. It depends on how many kilometers it's done. So normally on a service, if you just take generally on a service, it would be spark plugs um, and filters and oil that gets replaced. So it won't necessarily be brake fluid and things like that. Um, so, you, well, if you don't have money, that's a reality. You can't do that. So I would say at least you're trying to service the car. That's a good thing. Try to do as much as you can. Um, where you've got to be a little bit careful is unfortunately something like a, a, a cam belt or a timing belt or a cam chain, in other words, um, service. Because they can be uh, expensive. But the, the, the difficult thing here is that if your cam belt breaks, and maybe it won't, let's, let's imagine the scenario, the car is at 120,000 Ks and it needs a cam belt change. Mm. Um, a cam belt change is not something you want to mess with because if the cam belt breaks, and you, you, if you don't do that and the cam belt breaks, then you're in for a big fix and, and a very expensive fix. So if it's a normal service, what I suggest is do this. Uh, and it's difficult. So I would say uh, um, go to where you're servicing the car and say, okay, Whatever the case is, what is normally has to be done? And can I, for now, just get away with just the normal things? In other words, the, the spark plugs, the filters, the oil. Because you've got to do those. So that's a good thing that you want to do. That, I would go for it. I would find out what else needs to be done and can you get away with it. For instance, if the brakes need to be replaced, if you don't replace them because the pads are almost worn out, what can happen is once the pads are worn out, then they damage the disc. In other words, what you're now in for is not only replacing pads, but you're going to replace discs because they're damaged. So it's not actually, unfortunately, that easy to say yes. Let them rather assess the car and say, okay, you probably can get away with this. That's okay. Or, you know what, this is a little bit on edge. The brakes can do another 2,000 Ks, come back. But, you know, if you don't have money, you don't have money, and then you can't do it. So I think the good thing is at least that you're trying to do the basics because that's good, but rather assess the car. I mean, it does raise a huge question about trust because you want to go into, um, I didn't catch the lady's name, but if you want to go into your, um, to get your car serviced and you say, listen, currently I can just afford the oil change um, and the spark plugs, etc., but I will do it over time. You need to know that your, your freaking mechanic is going to like support that or not necessarily support it but it's going to say listen let me look and see how i can do it best for you exactly exactly um and that's definitely trust i mean but normally what will happen is uh, um, in my case i have a relationship with where i service the car so that's why i think it's a good idea to build up a relationship with where you're building servicing the car that they know you that they know the car and that just makes it easier but unfortunately there's always going to be a bit of trust there um, because you've got to say, they've got to say, listen, the brakes can last a little bit more um, or know what the brakes need to be replaced. But I think yeah. let's let's start with the basis that you can trust the person that you're working with. Um, and, and I would say take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael says, hi, Michelle and Nico. I want to buy an old car. It's called the Subaru. It's the 2013 model. What do you say? Should I go ahead uh, on it? I mean, listen, I love that Subaru Forester. So I don't know if it is a Subaru Forester, but nevertheless. <laughs> Subaru or Subaru, um, either a potato, <laughs> potato. Um, yes, I mean, they're good cars with any car. 
make sure the cars, you know, I think I, I, I sing the same song all the time, but make sure that the cars had a full service history. You can always take it to Decra um, or other one, which I suddenly can't remember, just um, for, for a checkup. Um, um, so that you make sure that there is nothing wrong in the car, hasn't been in an accident. More so if you know that if it's a one-owner car, for instance, and it's done all the services, then go for it. But Subarus are normally quite good. And what I have found out or seen a lot is Subaru owners and Land Rover Defender owners are sort of the same. In other words, they love their cars. They will buy a next one. They won't want to drive anything else. They're fiercely loyal. So I think when you drive that Subaru, you probably love it. So um, definitely, and they're a little bit quirky, but they are all-wheel drive cars. A little bit higher, so if you're driving rural roads, they're actually quite good. Mm. So yeah, no, definitely, um, just make sure the car's been looked after well. And it's because 2013, you're almost on 10 years. No, well, you're on eight years now. So you want to make sure that um, future costs aren't going to be high. So mm. make sure it's well looked after. I did always think that that was a fabulous car. So anonymous mm. says, Nico, do I save on petrol by parking a car in the garage, or by driving it once a week? <laughs> well. As soon as you're driving it, you're using fuel. Um, so I guess driving it, uh, you're not going to save uh, anything. But a car uh, is like a human body in that sense that if you exercise, I think it's good for you, or at least do a walk. And if the car is just standing there for months on end, it's not great because parts need to move, parts need to be lubricated, things need to just, just let's say gel, but they just need to move a little bit. So just standing there for months on end isn't great. But every time you're driving it, you're using fuel. But um, I would say a car needs to be driven at least a little bit so that um, yeah, the parts can move. So it's not ideal if it's standing over a long time. Even things like tires will get flat spots over a long time. Mm. just standing still. Tossa in Bloemfontein says, my car battery is flat. I then replaced it with another battery while the engine was running. I swapped batteries. Is it true that this will damage the engine? The engine, not as far as I know, I can't see of any way that that damages the engine because the engine's mechanical bits that move up and down with fuel and air. Mm. Um, um, The engine, the moving parts, not specifically I can see. I can't think of anything else. I'm I'm not sure. I am, if I'm honest, this is where I'm not sure if it can damage the alternator. I don't think so. So I can't think of anything, but I'm not sure why you want to, well, maybe because you're worried to start it again. But if you're putting a new battery in, I'd probably say a better way is if the battery is dead, take the battery or put a new one in and then start the car. But I can't think of it damaging any moving parts in the engine, gearbox or anything else. Okay. Not sure about electronics, but um, in this case, maybe there's somebody that's an uh, um, electrician or, or that works on cars that knows better. I can't think of anything, but maybe. Okay, so, so here's a question from, That's a disclaimer. from Patrick. Yes. So Patrick says, um, last week you discussed the Golf GTI. What does the GT stand for? And he asks us because he says, I have an old Alfa Romeo GTV, and the GT here stands for Gran Turismo, Grand Tourer, which essentially yes. means two doors and probably two seats only. How does this apply to the Golf? That's from Patrick. The I just adds injection. Gran Turismo injection. Yes. So Grand Tourer doesn't necessarily mean um, um, that the car is a two-door, um, but effectively GTI, Grand Tour, Turismo, in, uh, I for injection. Um, so, yes, it, I think it, it maybe uh, – also remember, if you, I think if you go back to the first GTIs, I think they possibly were actually little three-doors anyway, um, little hatches. Um, I'm trying to think if it was a five-door or a three-door on the first one. That, this now go, goes back to the 1970s, but that's what it stands for, Grand Turismo Injection. 
Okay, so um, someone wants to know, Joan, KwaZulu wants to know what is the difference between, just to go back to it quickly, a Datsun Go or a Suzuki Swift? No, they're two different cars. One's made by Datsun, one's made by Suzuki. Yeah, but what's the, what's, which I would go for Suzuki. Car? You'd Suzuki. go for Suzuki. Uh, between the Datsun Go and the Suzuki, 10 out of 10, the Suzuki. 10 out of 10, the Suzuki. Yeah. Well, if anybody's got the Datsun Go, they probably want to say something. No, no, come strangle me at my house. Let's not give my address away. Hey, listen, no. this, this is definitely my opinion. I mean, I've driven both cars, and I honestly think that in this case, the Suzuki is just a much better car than the Go. I'm not saying the, the Go is bad. I'm just saying Suzuki is much better in this case. Okay, Joan, those are my two choices. Joan Kwazulu Natal, there we go. Um, someone says, hi, Mission Nico, my Subaru... 2007 is absolutely 100% and my husband's Landy, which is very old, is also brilliant. So there we go, like a uh, completely different take on that one. Um, oh, there was some more. Oh, here we go. Uh, the, attention, Nico. Um, the Kia Sorento is too low slung. How do I raise its ground clearance to match that of its rivals, the Ford Everest and the Toyota Fortuna? Where does one go for that alteration? Would it compromise its good looks and its road holding, maybe? That's from the yeah. case. I don't okay, know if you're allowed to do that, surely. Not no, allowed. You are. You are. No, no, of course you are. So there are, there are um, especially the 404 fitment places can do that. So they get you get raised kits. So you can actually do that um, where there's certain kits for, car, for, for certain cars. So I'm not sure where you live. If you live in a small town it might be more difficult in the city you're going to find like a, a four by four fitment center and there, there's quite a few i think simply just search for them um and then i would phone them and find out prices in before you go there it's just simply nowadays with a phone it's just simply easy your phone you can go to their website but they normally have lift kits uh, for cars and that goes back a long time i remember um when i was doing off-roading um i think i forget now the name but you do get raced or lift kits for cars and, and, and for specific ones. So um, it, simply by just adding or changing the springs in the car, Michelle, and the dampers, you can lift the car. So what you can, though, get is if the car is higher, you're lifting the center of gravity. So the road holding might feel a little bit different. If the car is higher, it might have more body roll um, because it's a little bit higher. And maybe if it's higher, it might be softer sprung or harder sprung. If it's softer sprung again, maybe the ride's a bit more comfortable. Um, uh, I remember, oh, it was Black Diamond. I remember doing something with a Hilux in the, in somewhere in the early 2000s with a Black Diamond kit, and it actually personally felt better than the standard kit. It was more comfortable with Black Diamond. So um, you can do that. Um, there's always can be a bit of a compromise, but sometimes it might be a little bit better. But I wouldn't say you've got to lift it very high. So I'm not sure how much you're thinking of lifting it. Is it just a little bit? Is it 10, 20, 30, 40 mils? If you make them quite high, that definitely starts affecting their handling um, uh, of the car. Even things like fuel consumption could be worse because when the car is higher, the drag is more. Um, you see that with cars with air suspension. As they go faster, they lower themselves so the air flows around it better. So actually what happens here is a lift kit um, can actually make your fuel consumption worse. But if ground clearance is your number one thing that you're looking for, then of course it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a difference. So, Abdul Dangor wants to ask you this. Havel, Havel, with its Jolion, is putting car pricing on its head. An X5-sized SUV for 300000 hmm. I drove it, and it's good, and did a comparison. If you spec any other SUV with that on a Jolion, you cannot get a comparative car for under 500 k It's more of a comment. What's your take on his comment? Well, the thing is... Um 
I think exactly that. I think they, 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 if you're looking for a certain size car and, and good value for money, then they, they would make a, good, a lot of sense. Um, I think you, you can compare it to the German cars, but there's certain things you can't. If you're looking at price, they, it's going to kill the German cars. But if you're driving the German cars versus this car, there are definitely engineering differences in the car. Of course, there's also status differences. And some people don't care about the status or the engineering. Um, and I'm not saying the Havel's engineering is bad, but it's not as good as the Germans. You're looking at, let's say, engine and, and gearboxes. You can't compare. However, the Havel makes good sense when your budget is a certain amount and you're looking for a certain car with good features and good value for money, then it's a good balance. So it's um, you're paying your money and you get what you pay for. So definitely um, there's a difference in the cost. But if, if price is a, is, is a starting point, then the, the Haval makes good, makes, good um, sense. makes a good case for itself. Just talk to us. What is the difference between the gearbox, did you say? Well, the thing is, if you look at like the gearbox engine technology, you really can't compare these cars. So when you look at the... the the, the engineering that or the technology that goes into the gear, the engine, in other words, the fuel consumption, the power output per size, um, the type of gearbox, the way the gearbox works, possibly even I would go as far as saying longevity, what will happen in 10 years' time. Um, uh, so the engineering in the German cars is amazing, but they cost a lot more and you do pay for the engineering. Mm. So, um, and I'm not saying again the, 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 the Havel's engineering is bad, I'm just saying there is a huge difference in the cars when you drive them. Um, but uh, so so there's a reason why you sometimes are paying more. But some people would say, you know what, um, it's probably just a badge and you're paying too much. I want to get the Havel because for me, at the money I have, I'm getting a car that I can't for the same amount. And of course, even in today's time, we've got to consider the fact that cars are very expensive. Um, uh, really, in South Africa, import tax kills us compared to what other countries are. And a lot of us are on a budget. This is what I have. And I have a family to transport. And you've got to consider other options. And that's why Havel probably would be doing quite well for itself because that's what the car offers. Yeah. So, Nico, um, Jack in Durban is just passing a comment and he's saying, the GT came out in the 60s. I had a 66 Cortina GT. Hmm. Huh? No, I'm, I'm talking about GTI. So, we specifically, not the name GT when it came out. I'm specifically talking about when the GTI, Golf GTI, I think 74 somehow in my brain sits there as the, the first time the Golf GTI came out, not in South Africa, but in Europe. But I could be wrong, but I definitely know it's somewhere in the 1970s. Um, I remember the first time, I, I mean, you're talking about DTI, and I just, I, I remember it was somewhere in the 1980s, and I was going um, on the way to play tennis with somebody here at Golf GTI. I was still a youngster, but as we was like, we were looking for the place, it was a little bit further on, and he put his foot down, and I just remember for the first time feeling acceleration in a small car, and I was blown away with how fast this little golf accelerator and that stuck in my mind so even today i can picture where we were driving and what it felt like when he put his foot down and back then it was something like 81 or 82 kilowatts only but in a small car that was just an amazing thing do you think that was the moment when you realized what you were going to do as a future job not at all i not at all i just knew i loved cars from that point <laughs> <laughs> Someone from Des from East London says, um, GT means gachun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then someone says, Nico, have you ever heard of a cam belt failure due to age and not mileage? It, yes, it can happen as well. The rubber can perish. So uh, it can happen over a long time that uh, the, the, in a cam belt, it, it, time, time can also be an issue with a cam belt. So it needs to be inspected if your car it doesn't drive a lot. 
um, uh, you don't do high case uh, kilometers. As some singer said, time takes a cigarette. That's it. We're out of here. Thanks, Nico. We'll talk to you next week. Nine o'clock. Time for the news. Good morning, Luyanda.